Hello, Matt. How are you? Yeah, really good, mate. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, very good. You went out for a game of golf today. How did that treat you? I did indeed. Yeah, it was a lovely round. Stayed nice for us. Um, it was much improved on my Good Friday round, which was the uh, first outing of the year. So fairly pleased. So pleased, in fact, I'm out again tomorrow. And have you been out for a pint yet? I haven't, you know. I've not made it to a pub yet. I think golf over pubs for me for now, um, but it won't be long. Have you? Well, oh, no, I'm sitting in Ireland with major pub envy because uh, oh, and, and, and golf course, course envy because we're still stuck. I don't know why, but we're still stuck uh, in lockdown here. So we're, I'm watching all these guys in the UK drink pints and play golf mm. and, uh, yeah, uh, ha having a little bit of FOMO, to be honest. But, mm. um, you know, I'm sure we'll get there in the end. Yeah, it'll make me um, feel jealous. I picked my little brother up on the way to uh, go play golf this morning um, up in Newcastle by the quayside. It was about... Quarter past eight, there was already people drinking pints. <laughs> <laughs> Where else put Newcastle? <laughs> Brilliant. Love that. Okay, well, um, welcome to Man in the Sand, everyone. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, our, our numbers of listeners are, are growing uh, by the week, so that's great. Uh, and uh, I hope that we, you know, myself and Matt, can uh, uh, can point you to the odd winner or two uh, over the, you know, over the coming weeks and months. We've um, had a pretty good record over the last uh, few months, and uh, so in association with Sky Sport, uh, Sky Sports, Star Sports, we'll um, go through and. Uh, and have a bit of a recap of the Masters this week and and then look at forward to the RBC Heritage and see if we can keep this little run going. We had an, uh, uh, we had a hat full of places last week. Uh, neither of us got Hideki, but we uh, but uh, Matt got uh, Will Zalatoris and I got Xander Schofle and Cam Smith and Pat Reed. So we were all in the places, but uh, not in the win. But as I say, what a fantastic tournament it was last week, Matt. Um, what, what were your overall impressions of it? I really enjoyed it, you know. Um, Sunday less so until it got interesting, sort of mid back nine. Um, naturally, it was it was disappointing for me personally on the bets front on Sunday. Um, just uh, it was a bit of a bridge too far for Zalatoris on Sunday, I think. Um, but I have absolutely no complaints. The tournament as a whole, I think, was brilliant. Um, I I thought Hideki won it after the rain delay on Saturday. I think he was absolutely outstanding for about six or seven holes um and yeah i think that's when he won it really sort of distanced himself by i think he birdied something like six out of seven or eight holes to finish his round um and really made the most of it um as opposed to my pick uh, justin thomas who was on a very similar score and they ended up at very opposite ends of the spectrum um but i quite enjoyed it i really liked the first couple of days um obviously rose was was absolutely imperious um, on Thursday um, and even Friday. You know, I was really impressed with Rose and how he how he responded after bogey in three um, in his first four or five holes. He could have very easily let that go, um, but he fought back and unfortunately fell a bit short at the end too. But really impressed with Rose this week. Um, truth be told, I would have liked it to stay firm and fast um, for the duration. Unfortunately, that didn't really happen. Um, I think actually the course would have benefited from quickening up the fairways a little bit. Even though the greens were fast the first couple of days, the fairways weren't that much. Um, and that mm. kind of kept a lot of the balls in play, um, which yeah, is kind of fine. They kind of needed to do that, I think, on Thursday, just because of the way the greens were. Um, but it would have made it really interesting if the whole course played fast and firm uh, throughout. Yeah, I... Uh, well, first of all, I think you're being hard on yourself in terms of... Uh, uh, you know, you're not giving yourself the due credit for tipping up Zalatoris. You know, uh, that's a. I know you've been tipping him for a while now and saying, "Watch this guy." And uh, and I didn't really give him due 
respect uh, until you know I've heard you say that and thought, oh yeah, he seems like a good young player, but I'm not sure he's ready yet. Man, what a talent! What a revelation! Um, uh, you know that he was, and so you know, you know, even because what did he start at? Hundred and fifty to one? No, no, not quite that big. I, I took him at eighties. Um, I think eighties okay. was, the, was okay. the biggest he was. But I mean, I wrote in my preview last week if I was sheerly basing it on stats, and if everyone just yes, he's a debutant, yes, he's new on tour, he's not even a PGA Tour member yet. But if you were just looking at stats, I would have put him 25 to 30 to 1. And he's kind of played about to that price, didn't he, in the end? So it's nice to, yeah. to be vindicated. I guess we talk on here quite a lot about getting ahead of the curve with those young players. Um, we've, we've seen yeah. the same about a couple of younger ones. Obviously, I've spoke about Spieth way back when, um, just when he was first coming on tour. And he's definitely one that I've, I've kept the right side of. And despite not winning, um, I think he's more than paid me back in terms of his performances and his places. And he's just... Just a lovely golfer to back and then watch when every tee shot goes 320 down the middle. Um, he was just playing mm. everything. And it's a, a stress-free watch um, until he got around the greens and, and was a little bit nervy. But but yeah, I have absolutely no complaints. It was lovely watching him. A shame that he couldn't enter. Uh, be my fuzzy zeller, but, but I have no complaints. Yeah, no, I mean, no complaints at all. As you say, 80 to 1, still um, a, a great money each way. And uh, and as you say, that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to find guys ahead of the curve. We're trying to find value in players. Uh, uh, you know, we can pick favourites all week long if we like, but there's no, there's no great skill in that. What we're trying to do here is find... Um, value for uh, and trying to maybe give you a heads up on one or two players that you can throw for not a lot of money uh, and, and have an interest and in, in perhaps get a, a nice return even if they run a place get a good return. Yeah. So uh, Zelatoris was a great was a great pick and a great tip and uh, and and he certainly got my attention. Man, I was impressed with that guy. I I just I I I was really really blown away by his golf. As you say, on the Sunday. His putting stroke got a bit quick and a bit, uh, just a bit short and a bit quick. But hey, I'm, I mean, of course, I mean, he's a guy, he's just a kid. But but he, um, uh, but uh, yep, I'm I'm all on board with the Zalatoris train now. I get it, I understand it. And as you say, you're more stats driven, and you and you're sort of, as you say, if you're looking through the stats themselves, uh, they played themselves out very true to what you said, but and beforehand about this guy will be, should be 25s and 30s, and you were dead right. Uh, so, yep, not, I mean uh, now, but now as I say, now the the, the golf court, court, court curve would have cooled up a bit. But I'm interested to see this week that he that as you say he's not, you know, he's still pretty great value this week. And I know, I know you had a bit of a conversation with someone on Twitter uh, about oh, would you pick him again? And you're saying well, he's a bit, a bit you know, maybe not because he. Um, you know, he comes off such a huge week um, like the Masters and there's going to be a kind of a bit of an emotional and mental kind of come down, which I kind of agree with you on. I I, I think it's nice to see Zalatoris do that at great money and uh, and 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 what a player. Uh, but does he bounce back? I think it would be very hard for him to bounce back at what is a very, very tough um, Hilton Heads course, this RBC Heritage coming up this week is a is a tough, tough course, a peak dives on course, and and will Zalatoris have the tools to get back and and do well again? Uh, he'd it would have been an incredible effort if he did, but I I, I can't see it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a tiny fear of messing out bet on him this week. Um, he's not one I've tipped because honestly, I don't think he's that much value this week. Um, so, yeah. but I have had a little bit on him just because it would it would kill me a little bit inside if he went in the week after I've tipped him up as second in the Masters. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think he's huge value this week. To be honest, I thought he'd be shorter. 
I thought he'd be more um, down with sort of a hat and or a fits price, just because he's he's really entered the ring now. He's thrown his hat in as as an elite player, um, and I thought they'd yeah. have shortened him on the back of that because they were talking about it lots on the broadcast, weren't they? They were really hyping that up um, as they should be. Yeah. But I don't think they have cut his price as much as they possibly should, and maybe that's factored in that he's just finished second at the Masters. That's going to take its toll on anyone. Never mind someone who was playing Monday tour, Monday qualifiers for the Corn Ferry Tour about a year and a bit ago. Um, but also, I think a lot of his strength is going to be negated here um, at Hilton Head. It's not somewhere where you're going to be hitting driver 13, 14 times in a round. Um, and his, a lot of his strength is is off the tee game and his long game. And that's not necessarily going to be needed. And also my most important stat for this week was scrambling, getting up and down. And there's enough out yeah. around that about him him being able to get up and down. Now, the greens are fairly small. No one's going to hit all of the greens. You're going to need to scramble. And I think his skill set doesn't necessarily lend itself brilliantly to this course. And um, so I think that... The fact it is a shorter course, there's many more people in play, um, as we'll find out when I list all my long shots off. Um, I just yeah. think what he's really good at isn't necessarily rewarded here as much as many other courses that he's played really well at the Masters being one, Torrey Pines being another. Um, I just, I, it would be find it hard to swallow 28 to 1 on Zalatoris this week as a tip. Now, I'm delighted to throw a bit of his place money back on him just because I yeah. like the boy and I'd like to support him when he, when he goes in. Um, but yeah. not for me this week as a value player, no. Yeah, I, and I think this is this is another thing we're trying to do here. With you know, is very much about horses for courses, and, and and sort of certain courses play better for certain golfers. And, and as you say, this one quite doesn't quite match up to to what his strengths are. So you know, that's well explained. Thanks. Let's. I'm going to just go back over the Masters uh, and just look over the. Uh, I'm just going to read back over the sort of top ten uh, in the Masters. Um, my impressions of the Masters were. Um, I oh, just, oh God, I just love that tournament. It, it, I don't know why it's such a, it's, you get such a deep sense of joy or something watching it as a, as a golf fan. It's so beautiful and um, it's just heavenly. Uh, it's such a gorgeous course. Um, I watched Rose um, head out to that lead and I thought, I hope this isn't going to be a procession. And then a little voice in my head said, no, it's not. You know it's not. He, he's going to come back to them because no one really wins at Augusta in a procession. So um, I kind of – I was happy in the knowledge that that then proved itself to be true. And I just kind of didn't think Rose was going to get it the whole – even when he was out uh, and he bolted out to a great lead. And it was a revelation to see Rose, who's been in a horrible form lately. And we you know, we think that's to do with his equipment and, and change and all that sort of thing. And he's, he's been in the woods a little bit in terms of his form. And so he comes bolting into contention and everyone was like, whoa, where did that come from? And uh, but but we all know you know he's a great player. But I just yeah I, I kind of even in the back of my mind thought I just don't think he wins. Um, and he did very well to you know to, to carry on and be in contention for the next three three days. Um, so, but the yeah the uh, Hideki um, what a what a performance uh, and a lovely touch. And Borrow. Caddy kind of bowing to the course afterwards on the 18th green, back at you know, going looking back at the course and bowing. I thought that was a lovely touch. Um, and um, yeah, just wonderful tournament. Well done, Hideki Matsuyama. That was fantastic. Um, I thought he'd bottled it on when he drove, uh, the, uh overdrove, overshot the green on the 15th, uh, and Xander was still there and thereabouts, and and you know, 
had done nothing really all day. Uh, in fact, he was horrible on the first nine. And uh, and Hideki, you know, he on the thirteenth on the par five, uh, he did a kind of a crazy. Uh, he had bad drive and then and had a poorly advised second shot, um, which for lack of a lucky bounce could have ended up in the azaleas and and, and the bushes and and in all sorts of trouble. But a lucky bounce, the ball pulled up short. He chipped extremely well to get it, you know, back and close to the pin. And uh, and actually turned you know turned it into no no drama at all which which it looked that way. Then you, on the fifteenth on the par five I thought when he overshot on the second shot and it and it, and it skipped on past the green and down into the back water uh, um, I thought well this is this is disaster. And I thought then at that stage um, Xander was going to was going to come in and sweep in and I was on Xander so when I tipped Xander he was one of my tips and I, so I was rubbing my hands together because I thought, here we go, this is it, now now Xander makes his move. And he nearly chipped in off the, out of the bunker. If he did if that had gone in and it and it and it took a look at the hole on the way past, if that had dropped, that would have been a very different Masters. Uh and um and Hideki though to his credit had an absolutely fantastic chip um, once again up and uh and 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 bogeyed um or what it could have been a much worse than um a, a bogey maybe a double or even a triple bogey but so he he was um you know he held it together he sh- he lost a couple of shots on that swing there because obviously Xander dropped it in for birdie and then it's game on on the sixteenth and this is where I got and this is where I said he did this at he did this at the Phoenix Open Xander Schauffele he did it again at Augusta this week sixteenth uh, over water seventeenth over water at Phoenix. Uh, well, not over water, but water to the side. And what does Xander do? He tugs it left into the water both times. Um, absolute disaster. Um, I'm going to say unforgivable because that's a bit a bit cruel to say that. But oh, I was <laughs> to say I was bitterly disappointed was an understatement. Um, and, and that was Xander's chance. He, he could have walked through, and 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 I think. I think he could have been wearing the green jacket. If he stuck that anywhere near the pin, uh, then I think we could have been seeing someone wearing different wearing the green jacket. But credit to Hideki Matsuyama, he held it together, and Xander didn't. And um, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, yeah, the rest I think of they say is history. It's, it's um, hard to be mad at Xander for that water ball. I know it's a disgraceful water ball, but I think there's some part of that was him subconsciously wanting to stay on the attack. He birdied what four in a row at that point, and obviously there's stop and it's a bit he of a did, funnel yeah. pin but if you miss that funnel pin you've got you've got an eight ten foot par put and i think there was a part of him that was just trying to mm. cover it and make sure that actually gives himself a, a decent shout at birdie because if you leave yourself on the top level you've got virtually no chance of hauling it and then you've got to come back for for par from a distance so i don't hate that shot from Xander. i know he didn't execute and it wasn't great he closed the face on it and whatever else but part of that i think was him staying attacking um and i think he needed to birdie that hole if he doesn't birdie 16 then he's going to struggle to win anyway um so it was kind of him i think just shoving all in and trying to play a really attacking shot obviously it didn't work out and now there is that kind of mutterings, isn't there, about Xander, about he's the perennial bridesmaid taking over from Fino a little bit because um, he's finished high. But mm. it's all a little bit too late often. I think he's going to curse that three through six stretch. Um, on the front line, he was four over through mm. three holes. But just some of his decisions were really strange, particularly on three, where he just he went... He just played a far too attacking shot into the green. He can't be in that bunker. Then went bunker to bunker. It was just... 
it was it, it was kind of what I wanted Matsuyama to do all the way through the front nine and just couldn't get out his own head mm. and almost imploded a little bit. But I think ultimately the Masters leaderboard, I'm looking at it now, and it was a lot closer on paper now than it actually was in practice. Um, I think Hideki knew going up that last, he had mm. those shots in hand um, and it looks a lot closer. But like you say, if Sander makes birdie on 16, it's very much game on. Um, but actually, thinking about Matsuyama's approach to 15, I don't hate that he went long in the water. That's just adrenaline, isn't it? He's on on the way to his first Masters. But if he lays up on 15, it's almost mm. equally hard um, to to hit that to p- get it close to that pin um, with a wedge as it is from 200 yards. Um, I like to say, if you then backspin yeah. a wedge too much and you end up in the water, you're really struggling when you fit it in for three and drop for four. So, I mean, fair play, Matsuyama. He was nails off the tee. He's not been good off the tee all season. He and was. I was kind of hoping and hoping that he would he would sling a couple of drives. There was the one-on-one, and I think there was one later in the round, but he kind of got away with both of them. And then after that, just pumped it up the middle um, a couple of times. So, I mean, fair play to Matsuyama. Um, Zander's time will come, I'm fairly sure of that. But on reflection, I don't think it could have been a better winner. I'm really chuffed for him, and I think that'll make an enormous difference. Yep, no, I agree. And he was hard as nails, as you say, Matsuyama. Fair play to the guy. He he, he didn't choke. He was awesome. And I think your assessment of Xander Schofield is fair. I'm just <laughs> I'm a little bit busy because I, <laughs> you know, I, I had a little bit invested in that. Um, but uh, but actually, uh, upon reflection, you, your your assessment of that is actually pretty fair. Okay, so let, let's look at. Uh, I'm just going to quickly run over the top ten leaderboard. So Matsuyama wins it on, on ten under par, followed by Zalatoris, an amazing effort and finish one shot back on nine under par, two under for the day. Um, Spieth once again, Jordan Spieth, his, his rebirth is complete. Um, you know, will win uh, the Valero Texas Open the week before, tied third at, third at the Masters um, and two under on the day, um, tied with Chauvelet on seven under. John Rahm, a stunning six under round on the final day uh, um, to finish um, uh, tied fifth on six under. Uh, Mark Leishman, a little bit of a scrappy round, um, but a very good performance by Leishman. Um, uh, one over for the day, finished six under for the tournament. Justin Rose, a little bit scrappy on the final day, two over for the day, five under for the tournament. And then Patrick Reed, um, a good final day after kind of uh, stalling out in the, in the middle rounds, um, comes with a three under final round to finish um, tied eighth and four under for the tournament with Corey Connors. Um, oh, I just think uh, I, I'm going to talk a bit about Connors later. I think this guy's a bit of a revelation. Um, and he had a bit of a scrappy round two of it for the day, but finished um, together with Reed on tied eighth, four under for the tournament. And rounding out the top 10, my old mate, mullet boy, Cameron Smith, um, who is uh, a bit of an enigma, Smith. He finished two under for the uh, on their round and three under for the tournament. Um, but had a you know had a, an awful third round, uh, and if it wasn't for that, I think he would have been a lot higher. Um, uh, he seems to really like Augusta, though he always goes with Augusta. Uh, and Tony Finau, um, a, a, a solid even round par um, uh, round, sorry for the day, finishing three under for the tournament with Cameron Smith. So uh, yeah, as I say, uh, some some fairly familiar names uh, on that on, on that course. A guy I want to talk about just quickly before we head on, um, and I'm open the mm-hmm. floor for you too, for anyone that you just want to sort of put a ring around is, for the one man I want to put a ring around was Robert McIntyre, the Scotsman. I was really impressed. I'm, I continue to be impressed by this guy, and I think he's going to be a bit of a force. Um, he's 
Uh, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He's earned the right to come back next year because he finished tied 12th. So that gives him a, an automatic re-invite to Augusta next March and he'll be uh, April. So, and he was absolutely thrilled about that. And it's well-deserved. I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was great in the match play the week before. And I just think this guy McIntyre is a, is a, bit, a bit of a big deal and uh, and has shown that he can play with the best in the world. And I think you'll, he'll, he'll, I think you'll, you'll see a lot more of him on the PGA Tour. That's, just one guy for me. Well, anyone for you that you just want to? Yeah, I'll speak up briefly in a second. Tournament? But about McIntyre, I completely agree. So he was, even though Zalatoris was well clear, so I backed Zalatoris as top debutant, um, and had a relatively chunky bet on him at five to four. And if you'd have told me before the tournament that he needed to finish T mm. twelve or better to cash that top debutant, I would not have placed that bet. Um, I think McIntyre was was awesome mm. for a debutant. I think. What impressed me about McIntyre was that he didn't go bogey-free by any stretch. He made mistakes, but he came back from them so well. And it's so easy round the to, to not do that mm. and to kind of implode. I mean, you look at Sung Jae-im over the first couple of days, I think it was about 18, 19 over, um, because he made mistakes and didn't respond. But I think his interviews after rounds and stuff, you could tell McIntyre was just delighted to be there and took the challenge in the right way and actually was relatively bullish in his interviews in thinking, actually, I can hang with these players. Like, this is me now. I'm a bit, I'm able to compete with the best in the world. Mm. And he clearly relishes the competition. Um, and it was a birdied 18, didn't he? Um, I don't know if you saw the video mm. that was going around Twitter of him. When he went into the score, uh, to put his score in, he didn't know at that point whether he'd, um, cashed the, the top 12 to come back next year. And I think it was either Tony Finau or Stuart Sink, I think bogeyed the last, um, which meant that that dropped him into a share um, of T12 and obviously means he gets the invite for next year. So, yeah, delighted for, for McIntyre. He made me sweat a little bit too much on that Zalatoris bet. Um, but, yeah, I think he was outstanding and he's only going to get better for the run, yeah. isn't he? And we know what lefties are like around Augusta. So, yeah, be silly to count him off. Very interesting to see what price he yeah. comes um, next year. Um, on the subject of McIntyre, he's a frustrating one because he's not played enough on the PGA Tour to have enough stats in the database for me to for me to almost like judge him on an equal level with everyone else. So he's going to be a tricky one until he does have enough stats mm. to to place and use in sort sort of stats metrics at various places. Um, like this week, I've not really looked into him too deeply. I think he's about fifty fives. Um, but yeah, just just something to think about from a betting point of view. Um, those people who are new to the tour um, until they've got en enough stats. Um, not really anything else to cover other than Jordan Spieth. He disappointed me um, just because if he'd had an average putting week, he would have won the green jacket comfortably. Um, he just didn't put, he lost about three and a half strokes putting at Augusta. And I don't think that's ever happened before. And he was three strokes behind Hideki at the end. So you've got to think Jordan's baseline is a very yeah. positive putter. It's not even zero. But if he puts at zero, he's pretty much tied to Matsuyama. Like, he just didn't have his short game on the greens at all. He just was missing puts that you expect Spieth to pop in. Um, that last round at Valero, he was hauling everything. And this round, uh, many rounds at August of this, this year, just didn't seem to to haul out, despite having plenty of chances. Obviously, you can talk about the, the interesting choices and making his triple after hacking it out of the woods. There is that, but he only really made two mistakes on two holes this year, and it cost him five shots. And if it wasn't for those, he would have been there or thereabouts. So I'm a little disappointed because I was sat on that 125 to one ticket from Valero and Augusta, um, and obviously backed him outright last week yeah. as well. But it just just announces himself for sure. He's, he's back, I think, and he's going to be a threat on tour uh, for quite some time. No one else I really wanted to talk about. I was disappointed with with Thomas. Um, yeah, at, 
not much of a muchness. I think we probably move on to Harbour Town. We've got plenty of guests to get into there. Yeah. Okay. So Harbour Town, uh, the RBC uh, at Harbour Town Golf Links, Hilton Head in South Carolina. Um, this is a par seventy one, seven thousand and ninety nine yards. Um, uh, stroke index in, in 2020 was 69.14. So this is a Pete Dye slash assistance of Jack Nicholas um, uh, helped them as well, but mostly it's a Pete Dye designed golf course um, once again. So another Pete Dye designed course, of, um, you know, for for the uninitiated, anyone uh, who doesn't really know, Pete Dye designs golf courses that are um, uh, are legendary in the way, in terms of um, they're incredibly um, uh, tricky uh, golf courses. They're tight, they're tricky. They, they, you don't have to be long, but you have you have to be a very very good ball striker, and you have to be a very very good scrambler. And the role of honour of winners at Hilton Head at the RBC Heritage just speaks to that. Um, down the years, uh, you know, uh, you're talking about very good ball strikers. And very good putters and 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 just good scramblers and uh, you know uh, the last five years it's Jim Furyk won the 2015 Brandon Grace won the 2016 Wesley Bryan 2017 Satoshi Kodiara 2018 CT Pan in 2019 and Webb Simpson in 2020. Um, and there's some pretty big prices there. Cody Ara won in 2018. He was 500 to one. Uh, CT Pan was uh, was plenty as well. Uh, and so the, the, none of those players are very big ball, uh, not very big drivers off the tee. But what they are is extremely good uh, 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 ball strikers and iron players. So um, yep, it, it, these these greens are tiny um, Bermuda greens. Um, and uh, and this is a real technician's track, and 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 no easy no easy course by any stretch of the imagination. So it's uh, it's a great you know, it's a great test, and uh, and 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 a very good field. A lot of these guys, as I said, uh, a little tweet out the other day saying a lot of the guys from Augusta have come here, and I think a lot of them will think they've got a bit of golf left in their locker to actually come and and actually you know. And pick up a win at a um at you know at a, at a great tournament. So it's a it's a really really deep field, much more deep than what it usually is. Um, a lot of these guys would take the week off after Augusta, but uh, as I say, most of them have thought, no, let's keep going. Uh, and uh, you know you've got you know the likes of Dustin Johnson and uh, and, and many others um, from uh, from Augusta coming here and uh, and making it a, a really. What it makes it is it makes it tough to pick this because uh, you know you, you generally have got the technicians and specialists who would go well at all um, at RBC uh, at Hilton Head um, mixed in with you know some real heavy hitters in the game. So um, I'm really interested to know your thoughts about this, Matt. Um, uh, if you'd like to sort of maybe take the floor and and uh, yeah, so yeah, I like agree with you. Wine. It's a it's a bit of a puzzle this week because it's a far stronger field than usual. Um, and you talked a little bit about obviously Kadira won and Pan won and Brian won at massive prices, but they didn't win in fields like this. So that maybe doesn't coincide with my, my no. the sort of picks I've gone for. But it is an interesting. A bit of a challenge. Um, you have players like uh, Dustin Johnson's turning up, but he's a he's an RBC man. Obviously, it's sponsored by the RBC, um, so he's kind of doing out of contractual obligation, I think. And he wasn't great at the Masters. That could go two ways. It could be that his confidence isn't right up right now. His game isn't in a good place. Um, it could also mean he gets incredibly 
not that he ever seems annoyed, but actually he doesn't like not being good and he's going to fly out the blocks and win it by five. It's it's a hard one. You've got, yeah, sort of your course horses. Webb Simpson is too short for me this week, but I'd be very surprised if he's out the top five. Um, he's he's kind of got that elite golfer slash course specialist combination, which is always really nice. Um, what I'd be interested, no, I've not actually yeah. checked the wind this week. Um, this tournament is notorious for being affected by the wind. Um, I think Satoshi Kodaira won um, when he was in about 10 or 12 groups out from last on Sunday. He got in the house when Siwoo Kim was still on the 13th or 14th and the wind just blew. Um, it was incredible. It was blowing puts offline. Um, Siwoo Kim is not great at the short ones anyway. Um, but yeah, he won from miles away from anywhere near the final group on Sunday. Um, so it's definitely something I'm going to look at um, to judge probably on Sunday morning um, to think about how, how hard it is historically here for 54-hole leaders to convert and look at taking a couple further down depending on where my picks are at that time um, because you get plenty of come behind uh, winners here, um, especially if the wind gets up. So, yeah, something to think about. Um, yeah. Um, Matt, Matt, I've just looked up the weather uh, while we were talking because you raised a good point. And so I'm just, before you carry on, sure. I'm just going to give you the answer to what you said. Um, so Hilton Head um, weather forecast for um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, Thursday, um, uh, what is interesting is there's going to be a bit of rain about by the looks here. Um, the wind is not really so much of a factor. Probably the strongest of the four days is actually on the Thursday. So you might also want to look at the tea times here because maybe uh, if it's getting up in the afternoon, it may give the morning players a, a, a quite an advantage here because it's blowing 18 kilometres an hour on the Thursday with a 70% chance of um, of rain on uh, on Thursday. Friday, it's 18 kilometres an hour as well, with not so much rain about. Um, Saturday, uh, uh, the, the the winds drop down to Saturday and Sunday, the winds drop down from 18 kilometres an hour to 10 kilometres an hour, but the rains mm. are back on Saturday and Sunday at about the sort of 70% chance of rain on both days. So this this is um, uh, as I say. If if you you know look at your tea times um, and the and you might be that if you get one of your guys out uh, in the early morning tea, he might just scoot out and if he has a good round, gets away from the field. Well, not gets away from the field, but posts a good number and gets back into the clubhouse before the winds kick up in the afternoon. That could be quite an advantage. But just so as I say, wind probably more of a factor on. Well, it looks on Thursday, and then um, and, and yeah, and definitely something sort of to look at if you're, if you're a first well. round leader backer. Um, I've stopped tipping up first round leaders just because I've not historically made consistent profit on it. It's more of an entertainment bet for me. But if you do like first round leaders, definitely take that that wind advice into consideration because it's. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm not. A, I've never been a first round um, leader backer, not for any other reason than I just think, oh, no, I can't do my money that early. <laughs> you know, I'd rather, um, I'd rather let my money run the full day. So, uh, so, but, but it can be like the old adage goes: you can't win the tournament on the first day, but you can certainly lose it. So, if a guy, you know, he gets out in the afternoon and the wind's blowing, and he has a poor round, and you're on him, you can be thinking, oh, I might as well just screw that ticket up unless he has a storming, you know, next few days or next couple of days. So. Uh, I um, I take an, I only take notice of it in, in the longer sort of picture of, of the four days. If, if I've got a guy that I like and he's out in the morning and the, and the winds, you know, looks like it's uh, calm conditions in the morning that I often, 
I like that. That makes me feel good. You know. Okay, let's let's get into yeah. some bets. Anyway, so, so carry I'm on. I apologize because I have six bets this week. Um, but you'll kind of just yeah, that's justified by their prices, in my opinion. Um, the only one that's under hundreds this week is Chris Kirk. Um, now I gave Chris Kirk a last chance. Um, the last time I put him up on here, um, and he he hauled at Valero uh, about fifteen feet on eighteen to, to cash came sixth in the end with a full place. So because he's paid me back, I'm I'm getting straight back in. Um, I think his price is lovely this week actually, um, because it is a stronger field. But he's been so consistent this year. He had obviously a second place um, in in Hawaii at the start of the year. Since then, he's had sixth, twenty fifth, eighth, sixteenth. Like it's a really solid repertoire of high finishes. Um, which and he's really consistent too. Even when he was 48, that was at the players. And until Sunday, he was third or fourth. And then he just lost the plot on Sunday a little bit. Um, but actually, he's been improving with his irons and his putting. Um, and he's not particularly long, but he is tidy and he keeps it in play off the tee, um, which I think will will serve him quite well. His stats come out really well for, for approach play and, and greens and regulation. And I think if the rain does come, I'd put even more emphasis on approach play than perhaps I have already um, because hitting it close and making those puts, it, it is going to become more of a, a bit of a scoring fest. So your approach play is going to be vital if that is the case. But also, he's, he's exceptional at scrambling. Chris Kirk, he's 18th on tour. Um, and yeah, I just think he's a really good price this week. Um, I don't understand quite why he's he's not a little bit shorter. Um, he has missed a couple of cuts at this course, um, but I used the RSM um, at Sea Island as a as a... Coralou calls this week, um, and he's got a T4 and a T18 there. Um, and I think the miscuts that came at, at Heritage was when he was battling his personal demons. So I think I think they can definitely be forgiven. Um, so, yeah, more than happy. I take anything in 50s and above on Chris Kirk. Um, so, yeah, he's my first bet at 66s. Number two um, is, I think, my favourite bet of the week. Okay. Um, I rarely have more than a point each way on a 100s-plus shot, um, but I've gone marginally over that. And he was definitely the easiest bet I've put on this year. His game is just made for this course. I and mean, he's one of your mates, um, Doug Gim. Um, I think Doug Gim is an absolute cracker this week. I think he's a great price. Um, I really liked watching him. It felt like he announced himself at Sawgrass and he was particularly Saturday. He went on that birdie run and was just excellent. Um, he he was an elite amateur, for those of you who don't know. Um, he was runner-up to Doc Redman in the, in the US Amateur about three, four years ago. Um, played on the same Walker Cup team as Zalatoris, uh, the man of the moment, as Morikawa, as Scheffler. Like, that's that's elite company. And while he's not had the success of those names yet, I don't think he's a million miles away, particularly when length off the tee isn't a prerequisite for success. Um, he's a really accurate driver of the ball, um, keeps it nice and tidy. Um, he's got some really good approach play numbers. They've caught, almost snuck up on me. Because when you put him up, I went back to look at his stats and his approach numbers weren't quite as good as they were now. I think that that performance at Sawgrass probably helped them. But he's 19th on the whole tour um, in approach strokes, gained approach, hits plenty of greens and he's in top 12 in scrambling too. So despite his putting figures not being elite, he's about a neutral putter, slightly less than. His scrambling figures are excellent, which tells me he's electric around the greens. And I think that's going to be required uh, because no one's going to hit all of these greens because they're not enormous. Um, and I just think he's, his ORGR, ORWGR number isn't, isn't amazing. He's not really high up the rankings, but that is a brilliant skill set for Heritage. And despite never playing it before, he has had a T18 at, at Sea Island at the RSM as well. So 
that tells me he should fit in quite well here and his game is going to suit. And just based on the stats, it's kind of the same as Zalatoris last week. It's not 80s to, to 33s, but I'd have him closer to, to 80s than I would 125. Um, so yeah, Doug Gim, 125 to 1, is my, my second bet of the week. And then we start getting a little bit silly because I never thought I'd put this player up in my whole life. But here we are. Um, Lucas Glover. I was impressed with Lucas Glover. Um, yeah, that's wow. what I thought when I was writing my write-up about it. Yeah, that's not... Uh, yeah, I've never, never heard really, you uh, to affirm that. I like yeah, players okay. who can't put generally, who are excellent ball striking, but I've never quite put Lucas Glover levels of can't put. <laughs> but, I mean, look at Hideki, right? <laughs> he can't put, usually he misses three-footers, and look what he did. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to put Lucas Glover up. I was incredibly impressed with him. Um, at Valero. Um, he went on an absolute rip on Sunday um, and just was hitting everything really close. He gained incredible strokes on approach. I think he was third or fourth um, just behind Spieth, Wallace and, and Hoffman um, at Valero. Um, and I've seen glimpses this year. He is notoriously a bad putter. But this season, actually, his figures aren't too bad and they're trending in the right direction. I'm hoping they're going to come to a point this week. Um, his recent form figures, 48th, 16th and 4th. That's trending quite nicely. Um, but what got at me most was that at Valero, he actually looked really confident on the greens and it made me go back and have a look at the stats again. And you'll never believe it, but he's actually gained strokes put in in his last three starts. Um, and in a couple of those starts, he's gained a whole stroke per round put in, which tells me something might have clicked. Um, combined with finding an enormous amount of greens in regulation at Valero, he was on 76%. Um, and he's got a really solid form record here. Um, he's had one miscut in the last five years, but finished 21st, 31st, 33rd and 33rd, which isn't bad at all, I don't think. Um, as well as a T11 and a T9 at the RSM. No. And I just hope that that recent return to form, particularly with the putter combined with, he's always going to strike his irons well. Um, he's, he's always been a good iron player. So I'm hoping that remains and that putting improvement sustains itself. Um, and I think a return to a course that he's clearly comfortable at, he's regularly in the top 30, top 25. So I thought I saw 100 to 1. He was only 120 in a place, I think, um, a general 80s. But I think he's a good bet this week. So yeah, point each way on Lucas Glover. It gets worse from there, I promise. Okay. Just because <laughs> Carry I've on. put this player up quite a lot, I'm not going to talk for too long about him because anyone who's followed me on Twitter for quite a while knows I have this ongoing love affair with Matthew Neesmith. Um, I said at the start of the year, I'm going to keep backing him every time he's a, every time he's a three-figure price. I've done that, not always put him up. I've put him up in two events and he's placed once. I'm going to put him up again um, without apology because he has elite ball striking figures. He's number one in greens and regulation. On the whole tour, more than Morikawa, more than Thomas, more than Zalatoris, the rest of them. Um, and eighth in strokes gained approach. Yes, he can't really scramble or put. His around the green game isn't incredible. His putting is worse. But his driving is not great generally, but his um, driving accuracy is much better than his length off the tee. So I'm hoping a combination, if you put up 150 to one shot and they're having to scramble for par, they're probably not going to win anyway. But if you put up 150 at one shot, who keeps every drive in the fairway and is number one in greens in regulation, they may not have to scramble very much at all. Um, so for those reasons, Matthew Neesmith, 150 to one. That, that's me. I'm, I'm back in on him. Let's hope that works out well. Two more to go. Um, okay. How many about, yep, on, carry on. Here we go. Um, so Pat and Keziah is my next one. Um, Pat and Keziah was 175 to one. And I actually quite like him. 
um, because he's a very streaky player. You remember that he won a couple of tournaments on the bounce at the start of last season. Um, and that's particularly with the putter. And But when he does hit form, he hits form well and scores heavily. Um, and that's been absent a little bit in recent years, that scoring, since that little hot streak he had at the start of last season, I think it was. But he's got some really sneaky solid form. He's only missed one cut in his last six events uh, and he was T12 at Texas, which is really encouraging. Um, he posted some exceptional approach figures too. I think he was above speed and below Wallace at Texas. Um, and his strengths have always been hit, hitting greens. Why I like putting Kazaya up is that when he's on the greens, you can be confident too. He's always been an excellent putter um, and his putting's really good again this year. He's 33rd on tour um, and I like him at a seaside course as well. Um, he's played really well at the RSM. He's played really well at, the, at Wyndham, which is another short track. And I just thought 175 to 1 was a really big price. Um, so in the hopes that he maintains those ball striking figures and puts the lights out, Pat and Kazaya, 175s. On to your other mate, um, who I may steal your thunder. I wrote about that in my preview and I apologise if that's the case, but I'm going to back Tom Hoagie. Um, I'm backing Tom Hoagie at 200 to 1 um, because I just don't see why he's that big. He's been in really good form. Um, I'm sure you'll know as well as me, if you follow him quite closely, that he's been hitting really well. Um, and mm. despite mm. him not hitting lots of greens, his approach play is good. So you can tell he's an attacking golfer and that's what you're going to need to be here. Um, so I'm going with Hoagie. He was really good in Texas. He fell away on the weekend a little bit. He was fourth in approach play in the stats. He did fall away on Sunday and just missed out on the places for you, didn't he? Um, but there are forced layups here. He's not mm. great off the tee generally, but a lot of those figures come from long courses. I'm hoping the need to club down a little bit, hit three wood, hit hybrid, hit five wood, whatever else it is, might actually help those driving figures and help him to keep it in play and let his approach play shine because He's, a, he's an excellent player with the Irons. Um, so, yeah, I'm backing on Hoagie. He's missed two cuts here the last two times. He's come 50-50 the year before. Um, so there's no real course form. Comparatively at the other seaside courses, he's had a T25, a T9th. So uh, relatively encouraging. And both his best performances this season have come at coastal tracks. Now, I've not scribbled them down. I think one was at Sony, maybe. Um, and one will have been Maya Cobra or Corrales. Um, I've not scribbled them, I can't remember, but they were at coastal tracks. So Tom Hoagie at 200 to 1 is my final pick. Yeah, I, and, I, and I'm with you on Tom Hoagie at 200 to 1. I agree. I can't quite see why he is that price. Uh, he's a better he's a better golfer than that. And so I think that's a, a bit of a value a definite value proposition and uh and I'm with you and I yep I'm 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 that was a, when I saw that I I thought yep I am going to take 200 to 1 for Tom Hoagie because I think why wouldn't you uh, uh you know he's he's played as you say um, the only question I have about him about uh, uh, it, 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 you know you can you can get in a bit of trouble at this course if you get it wrong and uh, and and Tom Hoagie the one criticism I have of Hoagie, the one thing that's done me out of money with Hoagie uh, when he has been huge numbers and, and I've been rubbing my hands together at times has been uh, he, he, he can suffer from, I don't know if it's a lack of concentration or a bad decision making, but he can suffer a, a sloppy round. And, uh, and, and if that happens, um, you know, that could hurt him. But I'm willing, as you would say, to, to find out at 200 to one. So um, my first uh, you know, thing is to agree with you on that one. And he's, and he's in mine as well. Okay. Um, so, 
uh, I'm going to uh, just run through my others as well. Um, I'm 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 a I'm I'm really really impressed with Corey Connors. Uh, I was really impressed, but I've been impressed with him all season. Uh, he's no flesh in the pan. This guy, you know, he won off Monday qualifying at Valero last year. Uh, you know, uh, and, and you know. A lot of golfers will, you know, shoot to start him and, and then fade away again. I don't think this guy Connors is going anywhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, his, his excellent performance at the Masters, I think, was uh, proof to that. But he's been, he's gone, you know, on leaderboards all, all year long. Uh, he, uh, he, I think in terms of stats, uh, one of the, um, I think, uh, the greens and regulation, he's up there. Uh, you know, he's up there and scrambling. He, you know, he 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 plays. Uh, I I just love his swing. He's got a really he, he's very accurate player. Uh, he, he's got an excellent all round game. And I and I think um, at the moment, uh, Corey Connors is in really great form. And that's the other thing I'm looking. I always look for for players who a can they match up to the course. And I think um, you know Connors' um, stats say that he can. And b um, does he, uh, you know, is, is he seeing it well? Is he, you know, as they say in cricket, or you know, uh, you know, is he striking it well? And uh, he is. And so, um, for me, you know, at Star Sports, I've got Corey Connors at thirty-three to one. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be putting Corey Connors up as my first bet at thirty-three to one. Um, my next bet uh, is Cameron Smith at thirty to one for the same reasons. He plays, you know, tight sort of tough tracks well. Uh, he, you know, played well last week at Augusta. Uh, he's in good form at the moment, Cameron Smith. And and I think while I don't love his odds, and I'm usually a bit more like you, where I'm looking for, you know, uh, slightly higher numbers than this. I, I, I just think uh, Pete Dye courses where chipping and putting is, is the emphasis is on chipping and putting. Um, and, and uh, you know, he, he's not, you know, he's not overly long. Cameron Smith, he doesn't need to be here. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to go Cameron Smith at 30 to 1 um, for a lot of the same reasons, that, you know, with Corey Connors. Um, you know, Corey Connors is also, he's had, uh, he's in the top five of top 10 finishes on the PGA Tour for the year. He's had six top 10 finishes this year. So that guy's in some vein of form. Uh, and uh, so, yep, Cameron Smith uh, is my second selection. Uh, and my s- third selection is um, Kevin Kisner at 60 to 1. There, as you say, that this is a very much a horses for courses course, uh, and and Kev, this is about accuracy and uh, you know a good sort of uh, getting it out on the fairway, putting it in the right spots, and uh, and then converting from there. I thought Kevin Kisner played um, the World Match Play Championship extremely well. He ran into a buzzsaw in in Matt um, but I thought he was in, in great form, and 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 he plays that that particular course really well and he likes he's from this part of the world uh in the south carolina region he plays these sort of courses well he likes peak dice sort of courses in terms of technicians tracks you'd call them uh and and so kevin kisner for me uh i think um he's still he didn't have a very good masters but masters doesn't really suit kevin augusta doesn't really suit kevin kisner um uh, th- this i think is a, a bit a much better suit to his game and 60 to 1 for kevin kisner who i love with a putter i think if any uh, you know you always uh, you know you always know you're going to get a good roll out of kevin kisner on the greens if he puts it in position so i thought 60 to 1 for him was, was a great price um and my and my last pick, uh, as I say, was as I say, Tom Hoagie. I agree with you on, 
And I'm going to agree with you as well on on Doug Gim. I think Doug Gim is is a great price, and and so I'm with you on Doug Gim as well. So we've got a couple here together, which is unusual. You know, we might have one that we like um, together, but this year, sorry, this week we've got two. So I'm also on um, on Doug Gim as well, because for the same reasons you you know you you know you you said and why I like him is it it you know he's not overly long, but that's fine here. That's no problem. Uh, but what he is 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 very very accurate with his irons and and you know an excellent scrambler and and uh, I'm you know I'm not so sure about his putting but we'll we'll soon find out. So that's my that's my picks. Um, uh, you know Cameron Smith, Corey Connors, Kevin Kisner, Doug Gim, and uh, and and Tom Hoagie. Um, you know there is you know now let's look at the rest of this. Hang on for a second. Uh, you know you look at the top of the market here. Dustin Johnson eleven to one. Yeah, he could go out and win it. But I mean, just eleven to one for me is just I can't take him at eleven to one. Webb Simpson for the same reason, great. I mean, he loves this track and uh, and has played well. You know, one one here last year, but fourteen to one, I just can't, I can't I can't take him. One guy I undenied at a long time. It took he's the last off my Daniel list. And it took me a long time to scratch him off, and I'm still not. No, not Daniel Berger. Although Daniel Berger, yes, Daniel Berger was another guy that I. I, yep, Daniel Berger was was one I I ummed and over for a long time. Um, the other guy I ummed and over for a long time at a, at a big price, same sort of price as Doug Gim, you know, one hundred twenty five to one. Um, was Brent Snedeker? Brent Snedeker at one hundred twenty five to one. You know, this is his sort of course. Um, the only reason I haven't taken him is he doesn't seem to be in terribly good form lately. Otherwise, I would have taken Snedeker because he likes mm-hmm. this is this is built for him this kind of course, uh, and and I just sort of uh, left him off. But as I say, Berg yeah, I, I like my last off the list. I think yeah. I, I kind of made a, a relatively conscious decision after a certain amount of research to just not touch anyone near the top of the board. Um, I like a couple of yours, Connors particularly. I think is his consistency of form this year has been absolutely outstanding. Um, and the, the key for him, he's always been an excellent ball striker. His approach yeah. figures are always going to be in the top 20 on tour. But he's improved in putting so much this year from losing significant strokes every round to actually being 74th yeah. on tour. And I've just had a quick look at his tournament history this year while you were talking. And he's actually gained strokes putting um, quite significantly, sort of towards a whole stroke around in about six out of his last seven starts, which is just... And the one where he had a horrible putting performance was at Genesis, yeah. where those greens were were a nightmare for the best of putters. So that can easily be forgiven. And if he continues putting that well, he's going to win multiple events on tour in the relatively near future. Um, so I think actually he's, he's a cracking bet. Um, if I was to take those near the top, it would have been would have been Connors and it would have been Berger, um, who I think matches really well. He came up third last year, Berger here, I think. Um, and yeah, I like him, but I tried to make a conscious decision, hit some long shots. You never know how the ones who come from the Masters are going to react. Um, so I've left them alone. But I think like... Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, Berger, as you say, he, I, I, I had a bit of a tough time living him out because oh, he's a bit of a favourite of mine, but he's 22 to 1, which is, you know, and I know, you know, Connors is only 33 to 1, so he's only slightly more than, you know, 10 more, but I, I, I that, that's just the difference for me. Uh, I mean, and that shouldn't really be true. I should really be taking them on can they win it or not. Um, but I just, I just think Corey Connors is in a really rich vein of form. And I love watching Corey Connors swing a golf club. He has got the most languid, easy, 
just beautiful rhythmic swing. Love watching the guy play. And so, I, you know, as, I, as I fell on the side of um, Connors, but um, yeah, Berger would be no surprise if he did if he did go well. Um, uh, what about um, your mate Colin Morikawa? Oh, I'm, I'm far from going off. Going off him. You, I think you're not, you're not convinced. I, I think he's, you know how good I think he is, um, and I think he'll benefit here from not needing to be really long off the tee. Yeah, um, and I mean anyone who's watched golf in the last year or so know that he is probably the elite ball striker in the world. Um, but he's not good around the yeah. greens. And despite that bit of an Indian summer he had um, at the WGC, um, when he when he switched to the claw and put the lights out, that's not sustained. Um, and I just think the combination of him being quite bad, rank bad around the greens. He's a worse scrambler and a worse putter than Glover. He's worse than Neesmith. He's worse than Kazai. He's worse than Horgy. And he's 16 to 1. Like I just, he's not 16, he's 20s in a place, but I can't swallow that price on him here. I think it's not the best fit for him. Now he might hit every approach to five feet and win, but if he does that at 20 to one, I'm not going to miss out on lots of money. So I'm happy to leave him. I think there's just two bigger question marks, but the place with small greens that he's rank bad at both scrambling and putting, and he's played this once before came 64th. So that's not enough to sway me in the other direction. Um, so, yeah, he's not for me this week at all. I think there's far better places to back Morikawa. Okay, very good. All right, well, I think that wraps it up for the week. Uh, you know, we had, as I say, you know, Matt, uh, you know, if you want to follow Matt, he's a very interesting uh, guy to follow on, uh, and it's F-O-R-E underscore bet. Uh, Matt Phillips's Twitter handle, and as I say, he keeps you up to speed with what his, um, you know, uh, with his bets and uh, and any other bets he's making and, and running. Uh, and I, uh, you know, he, he's come off a few, you know, he's come off a few wins lately, and, uh, and then we had a hat full of placings last week at Augusta. Uh, you know, I had a win with Bryson DeChambeau a little while ago, and and have had, as I say, got a and, and a hat full of, as I say, placing. Uh, sorry, not wins at Augusta, a hat full of places at Augusta, uh, and so. Yeah, I think you know. I think we both got a good shot here with one of our you know guys coming in here at a, at a decent enough price. So um, all the best, and I hope everyone enjoys uh, RBC Heritage this week. And uh, and we're not too far away. Um, you know, this is a great thing now with the uh, with the way that they've set up the golf calendar. We've got the next major coming up in May. So um, yeah, that should be for sure. Should be yeah, um, yeah. Good luck this week. All about Hopefully, we get back in the winner's circle. Um, and yeah, maybe we can have a chat next week about some early looks for for Kiawa because I've had a, a little look. I've already had a bet, and I've got one that I'm debating knocking in this week. So yeah, looking forward to that chat. And good luck for the week. <laughs>